What's up, world? We're back with another episode of Jay's World, and today we're featuring a strong young woman I've grown to love, Franny Fultz out of Orlando, Florida. She's great, and man, does she have a testimony. She's strong, and she's going to tell us how she found herself at 300 pounds, and then the strength to lose that weight and how she empowers women today. I tell you this because I know she challenges herself by choice. Franny, welcome to my world. Now tell us your backstory. Yes, well, let me just start back in the beginning. I was born, no, I'm just kidding. I won't go that far back, but it does actually start that far back. And I know that you're a faith-based brother. And so with that being said, I know a lot of your listeners are as well. And so we know that very well, the enemy likes to get to us from the time that we were born. Once the Lord says, okay, this one, right? This swimmer makes it to the egg. Like that's when the enemy starts studying us and knows everything about us. So I had, you know, I was born into a family, a lovely Italian family, but my father and I did not have a good relationship. And really from the time that I was born, then I started using food as a source of comfort and my, the food became my friend. And as unfortunate as that was, you know, my dad was very verbally abusive uh, and became physically abusive then later. And so as oftentimes when people do have weight issues, whether they're underweight or overweight, um, that oftentimes there's a control mechanism. And that was the one thing that I could control. I couldn't control the people around me, the environment, the surroundings. I was little, I couldn't drive or get away or run away. Um, and so I would literally go into my room and I would hoard food. And so literally by the time I was a freshman in high school, I was 210 pounds. And by the time I graduated from college, I was over 300. And that was a really big turning point for me because at that point I moved uh, down to Florida. And where were I you lived, living? Where were you? I'm from Western Pennsylvania originally. Okay. And so right on the border of Ohio and Pennsylvania. And so a very small town, like literally like I'm country girl in terms of one red light. We had a farm, we had horses, you know, it was my mom had got remarried when I was about nine years old. And so we lived on a farm. Um, so anyways, fast forward, I was now, you know, graduated the night I graduated from college, my stepdad died the night. So I had just had a lot of adversity and, you know, being from a big Italian family food was in, you know, you get this, you come from a very similar family unit where whether you're celebrating, whether you're crying and grieving, you're eating, right. There's always food that's around. And so that was definitely, you know, plentiful. And because it wasn't a drug, although in my case, it was a drug and it was as bad as a drug, um, you know, so when I moved to Florida, then I literally went to the gym because I thought, okay, I've now graduated from college. And, you know, most people kind of have that nucleus of a community in college. And I didn't have anyone. I literally moved there for a job because teaching jobs were much more, you know, there were many more teaching jobs down in Florida. So I went to the gym. I was like, well, where do young people hang out? And I had never really gone to the gym. And Jay, this one question, and I will share this you and I, you know, we've talked about this before. I shared it when we first met, but the one question that changed my life was the trainer at the end of my workout on my introductory day, he said to me, he leaned across, you know, the table, his desk, whatever it was. And he's, you know, bulging biceps and he's eating his chicken and broccoli and brown rice. And he's <laughs> like, so what will happen if you gain one pound every month for the next five years? And I was like, Phew. I'm sitting there and literally before him, I just started tears to start streaming on my face because that was going to put me closer to 400 pounds, Jay, than 300. And let me just tell you, like, I can look at a cake and gain three pounds. Like I don't even have to eat the cake and let's not even get me started on Snickers, which are my favorite candy bar. And so I was like, oh my gosh. So whether that's one more, you know, 
purchase at Target or whether that's one more drink or whether that's one more text to that booty call at midnight, like all of those things, whether it's one, right? Where will you be if you keep doing one of those things repetitively over time within five years? And so that was my turning point. And I literally at that point, I hate to say it was easy because I tell people it's simple, but not easy. And my formula and the whole reason why I'm so, you know, really this is my mission in terms of empowering women and really just others is because the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy, right? And so he wanted to steal my joy. He wanted to steal my peace. He wanted to steal my childhood. He wanted to rob me of my innocence. He wanted to destroy my life moving forward. And he did it through something that we need, which is food. Again, it wasn't cocaine, even though it has seven times the addiction that cocaine does, sugar does. Um, it was something that was simple and that we need. So it wasn't really necessarily looked down upon. And so that really started my journey. And so at that moment I went home and I was like, what do I need to do? And uh, I went home that day and I threw away all of the stuff in my, in my house and in my pantry that, you know, was not really going to, you know, get me closer towards my goal. Now I will tell you, I've had many rock bottom, rock bottom moments since then. I literally have gone into the garbage can after I put dishwashing soap on food and have eaten it. Like there have been rock bottom after that because food is addiction is it's a control mechanism. So that's where it started. And so 125 pounds later, pre COVID. Okay. Um, 125 pounds later, here I am after two decades, I now teach fitness classes. I now hopefully go and inspire other women because I would stand in the very back corner in case I needed to leave and, you know, all those things because I was like, oh my gosh, that's going to be too hard. I'm going to fall off the step or, you know, I'm not gonna be able to do the burpee. They're going to see my stomach hang all the things. So now I teach classes and I always say, challenge yourself by choice, right? This is, you work with what your body gives you. <laughs> don't do what I'm telling you, right? But if your mind tells you one thing, you might have to go ahead and I don't, you might have to silence that voice because sometimes our mind will tell us to stop. We really we, you talk mind. about the mind. I want you to tell us and you can break it down if you would like in terms of percentages, mind, food, exercise and fitness, like what got you to where you are today after you had the transformation begin? So powerful. I just did a podcast. It just dropped today actually on this because I said, you know, oftentimes you hear that it's 80, 20, 80% of diet and 20% of exercise. And I say that's a bunch of malarkey because I really don't think, uh, yes, diet is important and yes, exercise. And I actually kind of put exercise with movement and activity, right? Swiffering around the house is an activity movement, chopping up, you know, garlic, like moving and doing things that don't keep you from being sedentary. I wasn't doing that. I was in college. I was doing a lot of drinking, which also leaves, you know, less inhibitions. And so I actually say that it's 25, 25, 50, 25% 25 is your diet, because I think it is important to eat lean and clean, you know, well, well-rounded diet. I do not believe in elimination. I do not at all. I hate when people, you know, no pills, powders, products, procedures. I it's all natural, right? God's way. And then I think it's 25% movement and that includes exercise. And then I think Jay, it's 50% other. The other considers your stress level. If your cortisol is so high and your stress going to work, your stress coming home to a family, you can't pay the bills, your cortisol is constantly running. If you're not drinking enough water, if you have really poor relationships with people, whether it be in your family, you know, just in life in general, you know, the amount of sleep you get, the amount of water you intake, where you live, there's all these other factors that I think too often we negate, or at least we downplay that they have as much of an influence in our health that they actually do. 
You know, it's funny and interesting. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be funny here. So I hope this comes across as funny. <laughs> but you say where you live. And I'm thinking to myself, do I know any fat people in Florida? Do I know any people in Florida who are overweight? It's hard to be in Florida on that beach yeah. without the beach body. A hundred percent. And you lived in Florida and you were, you know, in West Palm. So, you know, or, you know, Palm Beach area. So you totally know. And that's what it was for me is because all of a sudden, you know, I grew up Midwest, you know, Western Pennsylvania, even though it's considered East. And then all of a sudden I moved to Florida and I thought no one else is hanging out here in the beach. And like, I, I mean, I looked around and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm the heaviest person and I'm the youngest person here. And it was an awareness that I hadn't had before. And so you're so spot on with saying that because it is like the lifestyle lends itself, which is the reason why I live here now, you know, as well, because it's so much more active, right? In Pennsylvania, it's snowing in 35 degrees right, right. now. So it's so very like, easy to stay in the house for five days because you can't even get out. Yes. Now I did live in Cleveland. I will tell you from 2000 to 2017. And I did definitely enjoy, you know, I learned how to cross country ski. I learned how to snowboard. I tried to enjoy as much of the outdoor activities. People tell me <laughs> that, you know, I go from zero to 160. And honestly, Jay, I do because I feel like from literally birth until like 21 years old, I didn't live. I watched life happen on the sidelines. I joined ski club my senior year of high school to go and be a part of the, you know, club with my friends. And I sat in the lodge because you know why? I couldn't get the boots to buckle around my calves. So guess what I did in the lodge? I ate pizza and drank hot chocolate because I was so depressed and I cried. And my friends came down from the lift and they would check on me and they were so sweet, but I was miserable. And I thought, I'm going to do this for the next six weeks. It was just miserable. So because of that, because the enemy steal, you know, steals, kills, and destroys, he tried to destroy my childhood, but I've reclaimed it. And that's what I'm here to help women do now is help reclaim those parts of their lives or help them to stop allowing the enemy to steal their joy so that they can live fully, freely, and fearlessly. Because so often we play small to those dreams, hopes, and desires we see everyone else doing, or we wish we were doing with our lives. When you talk about, you know, giving back to women, tell us about Shine with Franny. Yeah. So I like to help women get healthier, stronger, more confident using God's word. And like I said, you know, there's no pills, powders, products, you know, there's nothing that's entailed besides the Lord's word. Right. And so when I first started losing weight, of course, I told you it was simple, not easy, eat less, move more. But really what I, what had started happening was the Lord is always in pursuit of us. And at this time, the Lord just really spoke to me and I'll, hopefully this is not going to go a little too rogue for you with your audience, but I was very promiscuous through college, extremely promiscuous, even though I was 300 pounds. Again, I was trying to fill a void, right? With a vice. And so when food didn't work or alcohol didn't work, okay, well, I'll just go ahead and sleep around. And so, you know, with that being said, it was really, it was a tough time in my life. It was a really dark season. And so when I stopped drinking and I was like, you know, when I was 21, I was like, okay, so now what do I do? And then my next thing was, okay, the gym is one place like, well, where else can you meet people? And I thought, well, maybe there'll be some like young singles group groups at church. So I started like going to churches and kind of exploring that. <laughs> I had always grown up in the Catholic church. And so the Catholic church, you know, and this is non-denominational, you know, no, no bias, I guess, but um, it just didn't have what I was looking for. So I started kind of sampling some other denominations and things. And then I was like, this is pretty cool. Like, and so that really started me then integrating the Lord's word. And so some of the first scriptures that I memorized, you know, I memorized Zechariah four, six, that not by my strength, but by your spirit, because hundred percent willpower is always going to fail you. And so I started literally like ingesting and feeding on the scripture 
And I was like, oh, this is actually like helping me <laughs> go figure. And so then that was really what it started. So with shine, that is what I hope to do is help women get stronger, healthy, more confident. And oftentimes when you, you know, have weight issues or just really, you're not in your best health. Even if you are thin, you don't necessarily have to be healthy. Sometimes you lack confidence around that. You know, it's a mental health that perhaps you don't have. And so I like to say, like, I like to help women get, you know, so they can live fully, freely, and fearlessly. So that is what my, my hope is and my aim is that I do. So I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I lead Facebook, a Facebook group, Free and Favored, and I help women. We do lots of different challenges in there. There's always a fitness. It's a community of faith, fitness, and fun. Because, boy, I like to have fun. Can't, can't we tell? <laughs> I love it. So let's talk about joy. You know, we want to share joy and see people around us smile. I want to ask you what that does for you when you see Shine with Franny is doing what you wanted to do and others are learning and being empowered. What does that do for you? I really love, you know, helping people, obviously, but I just feel like when you are doing what you feel like you're called to do, that you're walking your anointing and that you're activating literally the spiritual gifting that God has given and entrusted you with. Even if you have, you know, we all have different spiritual gifts and whether it be leadership or executive administration or, you know, prophecy, teaching, all the things, you know, there are so many ways in which uh, we explore I guess, you know, the different gifts, but when you find yours, and I know for me, it is like sharing the shine. Really, that's what shine with Franny came from Matthew 5, 14 through 16, right? To be a light for the Lord. And so I like to live out loud. And so I just love being able to share his love, you know, and just really to help people come alongside of somebody and say, you know what, you got this sister friend, let's do this together. You know, you're not alone. And at times where you might feel you're alone, I'm here to stand in the gap. How have women been receptive you know, to what you're trying to share with them. You know, it's interesting because, you know, Brene Brown talks a lot about this, but I mean, really it comes back to the Bible, but the more open you are, the more vulnerable you allow yourself to be, the more that I feel like you attract people, right? Your vibe attracts your tribe, they say. And I pretty much put it all out there. I love like, that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> write it down. You write it down, right? I always love Bob Goff says, always, you know, take notes because if you want to leave a noteworthy life, take notes, he says. I love that. And so, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. And so in my Facebook group, like I have a group of just ladies and I tell them like, look, in the very beginning, it says in the about statement, this is a place for women under construction. If you are coming here, like I show up without makeup and sometimes I don't take my makeup off the night before. Okay. Like you're going to get a messy bun. I'm not going to show up all perfect and polished. There's not going to be a filter. This is what you, what you see is what you get, you know? And so I think that people really appreciate that. And I will tell you for a long time, Jay, like I was not comfortable in who I was. So I was very competitive with other women. I would see people doing things and I would almost like want to take them down. Like, well, they're doing it. Why not me? And God's like, he spoke to me and he said, you know what, until you can appreciate. And literally I wrote letters of gratitude to these women who for years I loathed because they were doing what I wanted to do. And I wrote letters and I said, not, I didn't send them to them. I wrote them and I processed them with God, but I said, thank you for showing me what is possible. Thank you for being that voice, for being that, you know, example, for being that role model for me so that I now know what is also possible. And that was it. So God really spoke to me because I think that working with women, as you said, and not to say that men don't have the same issues, but I think that oftentimes, especially we compare ourselves, especially the day and age of social media, where there's filters and you can change things and you can put things through, you know, this program and, you know, change it up and make it look so different that we oftentimes compare ourselves. 
And it was not really until I started collaborating with women that I stopped comparing myself to them that I was like, hmm, this is how this is supposed to go. Well, there's a novel idea. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Jay's World is brought to you by 5G Media and Gilmore Financial Services. Do you need your taxes done? Contact GFS at Gilmore Financial Services at Comcast.net. I want to ask you the time frame that your journey has taken. And I know that it's still a work in process. I know that you're still under construction. But in terms yeah. of leaving that gym, going back to weight loss, are we talking about five years? Are we talking about 10 years? Like where did you, you know, where did where did you get to a spot where you felt different? I'm gonna say different than sure. when you were in that in that office with that gentleman. Sure. Well. Physically, I felt different pretty quickly. I hate to say it, but within the first six months, I was able to lose about 75 pounds, you know, pretty quickly because you just cut your, you know, food and take in half and all of a sudden and I stopped drinking beer. Woo, let me just tell you, you know, and because I was not in the college setting anymore, it wasn't as prevalent. Um, but physically, you know, was that was a byproduct. What the challenge was is that Lord had to transform my heart. And as I mentioned, you know, a little bit ago that I still had many rock bottom moments, honestly, Jay, because I was still trying to just fill the, fill that void with different vices. So literally when I was a young girl, it was, you know, the Twinkies and the Ho-Hos and then, I, you know, high school and college drinking, you know, promiscuity, things like that, still continuing to eat food. And then it really just advanced with me. And again, I might go a little rogue and, you know, sometimes I consider myself like, you know, sharing a confession of a crappy Christian. But it really just advanced with me because even though I lost weight, there was still a hole in my heart that I was trying to heal. It was that, as I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, the enemy studied me and knew that rejection was part of my story. And so, you know, I have been engaged twice. Uh, I have walked away from both of those. I've not been married yet. And um, so that led me down pretty much a, a dark path of like, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, you know, where I would look at women, I'm like, how is she married? Like she's a hot mess or, you know, comparing myself to these other people. And literally I was trying to fill the void with relationships and with other things. And so when you ask the question of like, how long did it take the weight loss itself was probably within about a year, year and a half, but until I felt different and that it was an inward transformation, I need to be honest and tell you, brother, it wasn't until this last year. And I hate that's so that's a 25 year process, right? From 21 to 45 this year. But because I was still trying to find these external, you know, vices to fill that God-shaped hole in my heart, um, you know, I'll just share a confession with you that when I was going to be 40, you know, not married, and I at that point entered into an extramarital affair. And it was because I was angry at God. I was digging my heels in the little five-year-old girl in me was like, look. From 30 to 40, I committed that I was going to not look for the one, but I was going to be the one. So I traveled, I lived overseas, I went and got my master's degree. Like I did all the things that were going to make me this picture perfect bride, right? And so by the time I was 39, I was like, okay, God, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't do drugs, I didn't have sex, nothing for a decade. And I was mad. And I hope this is not a little too, too crazy for your this audience. Is, this is Jay's world. You, you go ahead. And so I was angry. And so it, again, it was little baby steps that led to it. This, you know, a guy I knew from the gym, he and his wife were separated and we just started hanging out, you know, just, you know, talking at the gym and little things. And it was very casual and very friendly. I'd known him for several years. And then we did, went to dinner one night and then we went to happy hour one night. and, you know, we would just meet each other and it was very friendly. Well, then, you know, three months later, I was like, whoa, where are we at? What's going on here? 
And uh, again, I was trying to fill that void. So the Lord literally moved me. As I mentioned, I was living in Cleveland and God just opened up supernaturally these doors for me to move to Florida and my household within three weeks, like things just started moving. And it was one of those moments where honestly, Jay, like I couldn't heal in the environment where I got sick and God literally had to remove me. I tried to break away. I tried to get out of it. Um, I don't think he would have ever hurt me, but he would do things like he got like a track phone and it was like calling me when I had like blocked him and would show up at my house just to move my garbage cans up to the, you know, side from the side of the road. And I was like, dude, you need to stop. And so I literally had to move. And um, that was where the healing process started. So really from like the 40 years old, 41 years old until recently, the Lord has just repaired me. There's a scripture in Hosea 2, 14, and it says, I will call you into the desert. Such a great book. And it's so relative to me, but so many other women too, um, people, but I will call you into the desert and there I will make you my wife and I will make your valley. I will make you into, you know, your valley of despair into, a, you know, hope. You will have a door of hope. And so the Lord has really just opened up my heart to be able to walk through those places and spaces with women and say, you know what? I wasn't strong, healthy, or confident when I first started my business. And now I can walk alongside them and say, you're there. So we all know that experience is a great teacher. Now you opened up the door to this relationship. So I want to go back there for a second. At the end, those things that you mentioned that were, you said you didn't feel like you were in danger, but you felt like something was off kilter. Was that the Lord telling you? this is not where you're supposed to be. This is a terrible relationship. You need to get up out of here. Yes. And for years, because, you know, we were, it was a very volatile, very toxic relationship, you know, and once they had gotten back together and I was like, okay, you know, we're done. And then, you know, two days later we'd be together and then we'd be broken up for a month and whatnot. And so, and I knew, like, I felt like David, you know, David wanted, he, you know, tells us in scripture, he was a man after God's own heart. I so wanted to please the Lord, but I had these strongholds because of my upbringing and because of the enemy's stronghold. And I literally had to break soul ties. I literally had to enter back into a covenant relationship with the Lord. It was renewal. And I had never known what that meant before. And I went, I don't know if you've ever heard of Sozo healing, but it's where you go back to the place where the root of that lie was literally planted and you remove the lie and you replace it with God's truth. It's a very, very powerful healing practice. And I did it um, last year. I went through the practice of it with a healer. We were, it was a six hour process, but we, it was tough, but it was so literally monumental and impactful in my journey. So, you know, your, your simple question of, you know, what was the weight loss journey? The weight loss itself was one thing, but really weight is always a byproduct of something that's deeper and rooted somewhere else. So I had to go back to those places and spaces and literally went back to my conception as hard as that is to believe, but it's a powerful practice that, you know, now I'm trained to help people walk through that as well. So now this girl is on fire. Why don't you tell us about your book that came out about a year ago? You are so good to remember that. Yes. So I wrote a little book and I was literally let go from my job um, right before COVID last year in February of 2020. And I was like, what am I going to do? You know, and I, I talk about this in the book where there's that commercial where there's a girl who goes outside and she sees her car. She's a 16 year old girl. And she's like, my car in the exact same script with those only two words. And you as a journalism, you know, professor will totally appreciate this. There's a, the next scene is a guy who's walking out to his car. It's being towed away and he's a businessman in a suit. And he's like, my car, you know, and it's like the exact same thing. Some people will look at life and say like, oh my gosh, like what's next? Like in fear. And some people will look at it with excitement and anticipation. And I chose to look at it as excited, you know, excitement. 
And so I was like, well, I'm going to reinvent shine and I'm going to do this because those years where I was not healthy, I was not strong and I was not confident. I felt like a hypocrite. I couldn't come alongside of somebody and help them heal. But now I felt like the Lord had led me through this process, had led me into this wilderness. But at the end of it, he was able to restore me and redeem me. And that is the word, you know, I, I use freedom. My name actually Francis means free. And I feel like I'm free. So with that girl being on fire, my book, you know, I talk about literally the seven steps that someone needs to make a transition in life. So whether it be a new job, whether it be adjusting to a new baby in the family or a relationship or, you know, parents living with you in the house or perhaps a career move, you know, just kind of some of the things, having a mentor to lead you, you know, there's seven different steps that I walk people through. Tell, tell us the name of the book and where people can get it. Yes, it is available on Amazon and it's called From You're Fired to That Girl's on Fire. So, and it's not just for women. I actually have quite a few, you know, John Acuff, Ken Coleman quotes in there. There's lots of, you know, I, it's definitely faith-based. And so there's some scripture in there and you know, the story of Moses and it's good stuff. I don't want to put words in your mouth. So I'll just ask a question and you can answer it however you want to answer it. Has the adversity you faced been good for you? 100%. I mean, as hard as it is, you know, it's a Romans 828 moment where he will use all things for good, right? For those who love him. And it doesn't say that they are good. It says that he will use them for good. And I feel like because I am so open and so vulnerable, I share things all the time. Today, I actually did an Instagram post and I start is the song, the song by Imagine Dragon. It's called Thunder. And I start off saying like, you know, I can't remember the lyrics to the song, but I'm like, look, my dad, you know, told me he never wished that I was born. And then he called me thunder thighs. And I was like, I became a bully. And like, so I go through this, you know, the actual story, kind of the timeline in this short little reel. And then I say, but now the pain is for a purpose. So all of those things, as hard as they were, you know, I don't know if I could even, even the affair, Jay, as much shame as I carried and as much as the scarlet letter was, that was on my chest. Um, I don't regret, you know, I wish you know, I hate to say wish, but if things would have been differently, I wouldn't maybe be the same person I am or able to help the, someone, you know, heal the way that I can now. So with that said, this is typically a question I ask people at the end of their time with me. I'm going to ask you now, even though we have some more minutes left, what would you tell your younger self, your, your, your 21 year old self, what would you tell young Franny? not probably not to take, take life so seriously. And I think because I was so focused on that comparison piece and so focused on the perfection and the image, because I was such a broken person that I didn't want people to see the imperfect, you know, side of me. And so with that being said, you know, I was even at 300 pounds, Jay, I was the homecoming queen at high school, homecoming queen at college. Like not to say that that to brag or where, you know, some kind of badge of honor, but it was just to show you, like, I was a big personality and I didn't want people to look and be like, oh, you know, that fat girl, you know, and they called me fat Fran, tons of fun, thunders. Like there were all these terrible names, you know, the boys in high school called. And um, so I made it my point to be extra nice, but it was really like almost where it was like killing me inside because it was fake. It was a mask that I was wearing. And if I would have just allowed myself to like, just enjoy life more and not in the sense of, you know, the fleshly, like, let me eat the box of Twinkies or drink, you know, <laughs> the beer or whatever, but really just allowing myself to just fully surrender to what the Lord really, really was wanting to present to me. And he wants us all to have joy. He tells us, right. I, I came so that you might have life and have it to the full, 
More abundantly, more abundantly. Exactly. And so to overflow, it says actually in certain translations of that. Well, I was not overflowing with anything but fear, worry, anxiety, sadness, you know, depression, regret, shame, all the things. So I wish that, you know, I wish that I could go back to that day and tell myself like, God's got you, girl, you know, enjoy this. So. So now that you still have breath in your body, how important is your physical fitness today? Oh, brother, I teach classes and I lead, you know, lots of different challenges and online things. And so even though I'm 45, you know, I work out. In fact, today, my Fitbit told me I had 177% of my exercise activity goal, which I just love, you know, I, I just love being able to move. Um, you know, I love in Rick Warren's book, he, well, it's actually in the Bible, but he talks about our bodies are actually tense. Our home is in heaven. So this is a temporary structure, but while it's here, I'm going to move it, right? If that tent is meant to move around and it's, tent, you know, meant to go camping with you, meant to go to all the places. So I try to move my body as much as possible, simple things. And if, if there's a listener today who is wanting to lose weight, simple things, right? Like you just don't brush your teeth once, once a year and be like, okay, I'm good. Right. You don't floss like just right before you go to the dentist, which I've been guilty of that before. There's no judgment there, but it's something you do consistently. It's the same thing with the gym. You just don't do it once and like check it off your list and you're healthy. It is consistent, little small behaviors and patterns, you know, that lead to that long-term gain. So I probably shouldn't tell you that yesterday I got a good workout in. I got on a scale this morning. The number didn't change. So I threw the scale away. <laughs> so here's the thing too, is I really try to not use weight as my measurement, like the actual number on the scale, because you know, people always say muscle weighs more than fat. I'm like, no, a pound is a pound. A pound of feathers is the same as a pound of brick. Okay. But it displaces in your body differently. So I would much rather have 175 pounds, which is what I weighed in that today of, you know, pure muscle, which it's not pure muscle. Let's just be honest, but I'd rather have that. So, and I, you know, I go on how close fit I go on how I feel my body, you know, and if I'm aching and, you know, if it was a really strong workout and I'm like, I might need to just you know, push back a little bit or kind of maybe just do an abs or a stretching day or something. Um, but I think it's good to keep on going, brother. Absolutely. Now that number, you know, that number is not significant in terms of what it is because it can be 175 of fat or 175 of muscle. But what I found is, you know, if you lose 10 pounds of fat and you replace it with 10 pounds of muscle, that number is the same but your mental outlook is so much better. Your physical appearance is so much better. And that's why I think this race is so mental. It's mm -hmm. knowing that yeah. you have to continue and continue and continue on the journey. Mm -hmm. And I think so many people give up, right? Like think about you and I met, you know, through, you know, a platform of money, right? Well, we talk about money. I don't know if you want to share how we did meet. Um, but with that being said, like, you know, you don't just all of a sudden, like, no matter what it is in life, you don't just say, I'm actually going to do a podcast about this because I think this is so important. So many people I work with, they start for a month and they're like, well, I didn't lose anything and they give up. Right. Well, it's okay. Imagine if you put, you have $35,000 in, you know, debt for college loans. And at the end of the month, you're like, well, I saved $75. Well, you don't stop there. You know what I mean? Like you keep on going. Right, right. And so it's the same kind of thing, you know? So whether it's fitness, whether it's money, whether it's relationship, your prayer life, like you're not just like, okay. So, you know, I always tell people like the harvest is not going to come, but if, if you're, if the harvest you have right now is not what you want, you might have to change the seed you're sowing. Novel idea. Right. You know, so, you know, so think about it too. Like if you're like, oh, well, I really don't like my body. Well, 
are you eating KFC four times a week or, you know, even four times a month, even, you know, and Hey, there's no judgment on whatever you're eating there, but it's like, if you know that that's not the body you want, then it's not going to, you know, or if you're never going to the gym or you're constantly hitting snooze or you're living on a constant treadmill, you know, like a, almost like a, what are those called or the little hamster wheel, hamster wheel, you know, then guess what? You're probably going to, you're probably going to yield that kind of lifestyle. So again, whether it's debt, whether it's relationships, prayer life, you have to do the things nobody has ever said to me, wow, I feel so close to God and I've done nothing. I haven't ever opened my Bible. I haven't ever listened to worship. No, that doesn't happen. You know, it's not just like, it's just going to come into your head, you know, through osmosis. You have to actually work at it. Do you think the hardest part is getting started? I'll be honest. I think the hardest part is, is recognizing that the pain of where you are is actually less than like, it's, it actually feels worse where you are right now than it is going to be to change. And so I think the recognition of that, sometimes people get started, right? Let, let's look at January 1st, everybody's new year's resolution. It's not as hard to get started. It's hard to stay consistent. And I think it's because people don't see those yields. People don't have the accountability partners. People don't, you know, they don't change their friends. They don't change their commitments. They're still going to happy hour on Friday. So they're still doing the old things that they were, that they did but they're expecting a different result. And again, this applies Jay for everything. Now I will tell you too, when I did lose weight, everything in my life changed. I was able to become debt-free. Like, I mean, I really didn't have a lot of debt either, but I started thinking like, okay, if I'm disciplined in this area, then I'm not going to overspend here. Like it started this snowball effect in my life because I started to become focused on, okay, well, and for me, numbers have been a big thing. Numbers on the scale, numbers on the size of my clothes, numbers in my bank account. Like I kind of got obsessed. And the Lord actually spoke to me about that too in the spirit of mammon and said, what's your source? Are the size of the clothes you wear or this number on the scale or the number in your bank account? Are those what you're finding your security in? Because they're always going to be unstable. The stock market is always going to go like this, right? Man. It's going to go up and down. Preach. Yeah. And so it's like, where's your security? And so I was like, Oh, I need to go ahead and check my heart on that one. Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that was a hard season, but he brought me to it. I feel like a lot of times when I teach and I come in contact with young women, I've been teaching for eight years. I feel like their confidence level is low. Um, you gave news or some advice to young Franny because you know, young Franny, what would you say to that young 22 year old, 25 year old woman who you don't know, who's going through a rough patch in her life, how would you encourage and empower her? I would tell her, I mean, honestly, hear what the Lord has to say to you, you know? And because I think that God's always, always, always going to come find us. Think about the Garden of Eden. He came after Adam and Eve, even after they made the mistakes. He came after Jonah, even when he was in the belly of the whale, right? He gave him a second time. You know, he gives us second chances, third, fourth, 100th chances. So heed what it is that the Lord wants to, to do in and through you and allow him to use those opportunities, you know, those places and spaces of darkness and hurt and, you know, pain to be able to come alongside of someone and to help them. So during this uh, episode taping, I have followed you on Instagram. I think earlier true. today I followed you on Twitter. So tell our audience where they can follow you on the social media platforms. Yes, I'm Shy Miss Franny on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And then on Clubhouse, I don't know if you've been on that. I'm just kind of, I'm still really new at that. But Clubhouse, I'm Franny Foltz. And then also on LinkedIn, I'm Franny Foltz. So, and then I have shymithfranny.com as my website. 
And I have a Facebook group for women only. Sorry, Jay, you can't be a part of that, but it's women only and it's called Free and Favored. So. Well, I have you know, I'm free, I'm favored, and I don't even have a Facebook page. <laughs> you don't? No, I, I, I'm, I'm good on the Facebook, I'm straight. Okay, okay. <laughs> hey. And you know what? I, the Lord has actually been convicting me of social media too. Right now, at the time of this recording, it's Lent. And so I have been trying to get off of social media by 6 p.m. But now that you told me, you know, we're recording this a little bit after that. So I might go on and just, because I want to, you know, give a shout out. Like, got to chat with my brother, Jay's World, tonight. Appreciate so. it. Appreciate it. Friendly, so glad we met. So glad you stopped by Jay's World. I want to thank everybody out there in Jay's World listening. Friendly, you have a great evening. Jay, you're a rock star. Thanks so much for having me tonight. Thanks for listening to Jay's World Podcast. Jay's World is brought to you by 5G Media and Gilmore Financial Services. Do you need your taxes done? Contact GFS at Gilmore Financial Services at Comcast.net.